0: Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic MLK days. Uh, I know a lot of you not working. I know a lot of you in, particularly if you're around where I live, locked in as we've gotten, I don't know, like, Probably eight, nine, 10 inches of snow. I haven't been outside to look. My kids are running around like crazy. If you hear screaming, uh, that is because there's a huge crowd of kids in my house. They're playing snow football, they're sledding. I have not been outside because I am working uh, as I work every single day because I have to pay for everything. Um uh I know that a lot of you are going to be kicking back watching two different things going on tonight. Bills Steelers as well as Bucks Eagles uh with the wild card games going on today. We'll talk about that um and the reactions from the first four wild card games as well as the Iowa caucuses are tonight. If you are watching or listening to me in Iowa right now, get out and vote. Around 200,000 Iowans can have an incredible impact in analyzing what is going to happen in the Republican primary. We will discuss that. Also, very first ever streaming broadcast of an NFL game. Uh, My review of what happened with Peacock. All that and more. Lions, Texans, Packers, Chiefs get the win. Uh, And uh, Trump now attacking Vivek. A lot of different moving parts. Um, Just had to text my kids and let them know that school is officially out tomorrow uh, in Nashville. Probably increasing the amount of bedlam that will be going on. All that still to come. Uh, but I want to dive into right off the top uh, what we learned in the four NFL games that happened over the course of the weekend. And of course, the number one story coming out of the NFL playoff weekends is what in the world happened with the Dallas Cowboys? Absolute domination. Credit to the Green Bay Packers going on the road in Dallas and snatching the still beating hearts right out of the Dallas Cowboy fan chest, Temple of Doom style. This was the kind of devastating defeat to give up 48 points for Dak to score, throw the pick six, to be down near the end of the first half, 27 to nothing. This was a beatdown of epic proportions. It's not one of those games where you go back to the drawing board and you say, man, we had a couple of fumbles that came out of nowhere, tip ball interceptions, kick return, touchdown, fumbled punt, blocked punt. You know, you go back and watch games. Sometimes you can go back and you can say, man, there were three plays that happened in that game that were totally out of line, out of character, That changed the outcome of the game. We don't want to overreact as frustrating as it can be to lose. Now, this was a, we got to go back and reconsider every decision that we have made in terms of uh, Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, Dak, I went and looked. I think it's always important to look up the uh, the contract terms. Quarterback takes the most blame. Dak was not playing defense, and the defense couldn't stop the run. Uh, got dominated there. I think that's the biggest issue for the Cowboys going forward was how they got obliterated on the ground. Aaron Jones still running, I think, right now for the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love played a great game. Uh, but... If I am looking at this objectively as a Cowboy fan, Dak's not going anywhere. You probably got, for sure, next year, probably two more years of Dak as your starter, whether you like that or not, unless you're going to go into the draft and go get a young quarterback and he's going to come in as a third or fourth round pick and outperform like Dak Prescott did uh, and then beat out the veteran like he beat out Tony Romo after an injury, so Dak is there for another couple of years, I think, for better or worse. And I don't think he was the biggest story. He didn't play well. But I think when your defense gives up, 48, I know seven of those were the pick six. But, uh, but to me, the story is Mike McCarthy is not the answer. And if I were advising, if Jerry Jones came to me today and he said, Clay, objectively, what do you think as a neutral observer here? What should we do? I would say go get Bill Belichick. And some of you out there are going to say, is this, this crazy, Clay? No, I don't think it's crazy at all. I would fire Mike McCarthy, and I would go hire Bill Belichick, and I would say, fix what's wrong with the Dallas Cowboys. I think he would fix the defense. Dak is way better, and I understand the nervousness out there where people would say, well, Belichick hasn't won without Brady. I think that Belichick would win with the Dallas Cowboys. This roster is not bad. Um, I think that he would fix a lot of the leadership issues. I would say to Jerry Jones, you have to be willing to take a step back, get out of the way, and let uh, Bill Belichick come in and run the full fruition of what he wants to do uh, on, uh, as a coach. You have to say, look, this is a Hall of Fame coach. I'm going to get out of the way. I'm not going to be the primary show. That's what I, would have to t- I think that's what you would have to tell uh, Jerry Jones in order for people to be comfortable, meaning Bill Belichick coming in. You have to give him complete authority, and you have to get out of the way. If that happened, then I think things could get fixed in Dallas. Green Bay, I didn't think it was possible, all right? I didn't think it was possible to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love and hit boom, boom, boom. But the way that Jordan Love is playing right now, now to be fair, Matt LaFleur called in his offense an incredible game because, again, there were a lot of wide receivers, nobody within 10 yards of them, and Jordan Love could just drop the ball in. He didn't have to be perfect. They protected him well, didn't have any real pass rush issues. Again, the Dallas defense was a disaster. But, man, you got to be super optimistic. Now, I think the Packers, we'll get into this later this week, Kelly in Vegas, Kelly Stewart and I will do our picks, and picks were not good. I'll address that in a bit. Um, but, uh, but I think you have to look at this. I was stunned by what I saw. The single most remarkable game performance in terms of failure was the Cowboys this weekend. There's not a close second, but I think you got to be ecstatic if you are right now a Green Bay Packer fan with what you saw from Jordan Love. Uh, Second most surprising outcome. uh, I shouldn't say surprising. Second biggest outcome. Three of the games were basically blowouts. I got to tell you, I feel incredible for Lions fans. And maybe this is partly influenced because my wife's family is from Michigan. I have a lot of uh, a family that I married into that are Lions fans, long-suffering Lions fans. I thought one of the coolest thing they had on the broadcast last night on NBC was when they showed that uh, Lions fan who had been a season ticket holder for 66 years. Did you guys see that? They showed Eminem, some of the celebrities that were there in the crowd, and then they showed this, uh, this guy. I think he's 88 years old. Uh, lived in Gross Point, Michigan, had been a uh, Lions season ticket holder for 66 years. You think you have seen some things as a fan? Imagine being a Lions season ticket holder like that guy for 66 years, being there in the crowd to celebrate that win. Phenomenal to see. Look, for Jared Goff to get traded away, basically kicked to the curb by the L.A. Rams, and say, you're not good enough to get us to a Super Bowl, after you'd already win a Super Bowl, after you'd already been to a Super Bowl, and then to see the first year after you got kicked to the curb, to see Matthew Stafford take your former team and win the Super Bowl, that is as devastating of a gut punch as I can imagine a player finding himself in the middle of. For him to fight back from that, Jared Goff, it took him multiple years, not just to get kicked to the curb, to see Matthew Stafford win that Super Bowl, and then to get shipped to Detroit, brand new coach Dan Campbell, a franchise that has never won, to get the opportunity to get the Rams coming into your place and to come out and put up the points early like the, uh, like the uh, Lions did, even though they only scored three points in the second half. To manage to hold on there and get the win, I think that's worth multiple wins. It's why I think the Lions are going to beat either the Eagles or the Bucks, whichever team they draw tonight. And I think the Lions are going to advance to the NFC Championship game. I think they'll probably have to travel out to San Francisco, but I think the Lions are going to win two playoff games, which would equal the number of playoff wins they have won since the 1950s. But that's getting a little bit ahead. Incredible performance. Hey, I thought Matthew Stafford was great. Puka, they couldn't defend. Greatest rookie year performance ever. And look, Sean, uh, uh, the the degree to which the Rams have gone back and they have remade that roster. You have to be, I think, really ecstatic, given the youth that that uh, Rams roster has for Sean McVay going forward. I know Matthew Stafford, aging quarterback, feels like he still has a couple of years left. Brutal hits he took uh, during the course of that game. Aiden Hutchinson, they couldn't block him. Uh, Congratulations to him. I think he's from Plymouth, Michigan. Incredible performance. He knows better than anybody what the legacy of the Lions has been, even as a young guy to grow up there. And uh, here, SOL, same old Lions. No matter what happened, they found ways to lose. A lot of fun to watch. Even though Matthew Stafford played well, they couldn't cover Puka. Uh, Nakua and uh, and given Cooper Cup is still a relatively young guy got to be kind of optimistic about what the Rams have built going forward given the ability that they have to find playmakers in later round draft picks so the Lions advance big win Uh, the Chiefs I didn't think the Chiefs played that well I thought the Lions looked like they would have I mean I thought the, the the Dolphins looked like they would rather be anywhere than there Lions have, uh, sorry, the Dolphins, Dolphins are like the new Lions. Dolphins have not won a playoff game since 2000. And for people out there, we're talking about the Packers going, uh, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, and how they may have gone bang, bang, bang and hit on all three. There's going to be a lot of questions about Tua. Um, Doesn't have the strongest arm has elite level wide receiver talent, but where in the world was Jalen Waddell? He basically disappeared. They made one play the whole game. I thought the defense held up fine. They just were never able, the Dolphins, to ever make a play. It just never happened for them. Tyreek Hill made one big time catch down the field. Otherwise, this explosive Miami Dolphin offense, which put up such incredible performances in September and October and early November. They fell apart down the stretch, and they took it on the chin. Congratulations to the Chiefs. I didn't think the Chiefs played that well. Travis Kelsey had three drops. Uh, Chiefs got the win. They now, presuming that the Bills win, which I think they will, Uh, The Chiefs will have to go on the road for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' entire career. They've played neutral site Super Bowls. They never have had to go on the road. Uh, I give a lot of credit to the Chiefs for that performance. But to me, the Dolphins were awful. And I think they got a lot of questions. Uh, Tua was great during the season. But when you go into a road game and you put up 264 yards of total offense like the Dolphins did, and you're one for 12 on third down efficiency, and you really don't have anything other than the one explosive play, uh, this was a pretty solid beatdown. Honestly, the Chiefs should have been in better shape than they were. Now, the officiating, I hate when I see a blatant hold and an intentional grounding penalty basically wiped out because of a a tap. Now, you should say you shouldn't put your hands on the quarterback. This was still a game. I don't know that it would have mattered. I think it was 19-7, to uh, and uh, you had the shove happen. Got a first down. Chiefs go on and score and put this game away, Uh, but to me, the storyline was the Dolphins didn't show up brutally cold. We know that, But the Chiefs get the win and dominate along the way. And then the other game, uh, Texans. Look, Joe Flacco was a fill-in, played infinitely better than anybody could have expected, got exposed, double pick sixes. The Texans' defense was outstanding, putting pressure on him. And C.J. Stroud was phenomenal. And if you were buying stock, D'Amico Ryan's young uh, defense young quarterback, young head coach, dominant performance by the Texans. I think the Texans are above uh, their uh, expectations by far. You have to be ecstatic if you are a Houston football fan and you are rooting for the Texans. Browns, uh, the defense, Uh, I just... they, They have way more talent on defense than the performance that they allowed to happen. Now, I know there were two pick sixes, but you can't be in a position where uh, your defense performs like it did. Um, and again, the, the Browns kind of floundered. I think they were up 14-10 to 10 and then got outscored from whatever, 35 to nothing from there, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm remembering the game correctly. If you had told Browns fans, hey, Deshaun Watson's going to get injured and you're going to be playing Joe Flacco in the playoffs and you're still going to find a way to win 11 games, they never would have believed you. Uh, but that performance in general alarming on the defensive side of the ball more than anything else even though it was a successful year now uh, we went 0-4 on gambling no excuses although I will point out if you listen to Clay and Buck prize picks could hit uh, and we could end up with uh, 10x payout on prize picks prizepickscom slash clay if you live in New York uh, sorry, if you live in California, you live in Texas, you live in Georgia, and you feel like you're getting left out. Prizepicks.com/slash Clay. Been advertising for them a lot on Clay and Buck. I gave out four different individual player props. We've already hit on three of those four. The fourth was the under on Josh Allen, which, by the way, getting a little bit screwed on that because I thought they were going to be under passing yards. I thought they were going to be playing in the awful weather conditions yesterday. Instead, they moved it to today. Uh, Bills, 10-point favorite. I'm on the Bills. L- un- I'm on the Bills and the Under in this game. It's going to kick off in about an hour. Uh, I'm also on the Bucks and the Under in this game. We went 0-4 over the weekend. No excuses. Uh, got a bounce back performance here. I'm on the Bills and the Under. I think the Bills will shut down the Steelers. Uh, loved the under earlier in the week. Uh, instead, the game has been changed. The date, let me check and see uh, what the actual number has moved to on this. Uh, the over-under has come back three or four points. Uh, we gave it out to you. Kelly and I did 43 and a half. It's down to 38 and a half. It went all the way down to 33 and a half. It's now come back over the, the weather conditions. Uh, and then Eagles-Bucks, I really like the Bucks, and the under. I think the Bucks are going to win this game. I think the Bills are going to win and then we'll be set for the divisional round of playoffs. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm Clay Travis and I'll kick the show is going to keep right on rolling. Let me say this. I think this is important. Streaming game. Uh, I watched this on Peacock. I know a lot of you either did or did not. The numbers were huge for the amount of people that streamed the game on Peacock. I have Comcast, and we were already paying for Peacock because, as I've said on this program before, the Travis family subscribes to, like, every streaming service on the planet. We've got Peacock. We've got Paramount. We got Amazon Prime or whatever it's called. We got Disney Plus. Uh, we used to have the WWE Network. Basically, if you can pay for a streaming service, we are paying for it. Uh, that I think maybe we don't have Apple. Apple might be the only one. I'm sure we're paying for it somehow. Uh, so basically, the Travis family, if you can pay for it, you pay for it. But a lot of you didn't want to pay for it. And here is where I think fans need to draw a line in the sand or if you're in Nashville like I am today, a line in the snow uh, as there's snow is falling everywhere. If you're going to put a game on a streaming service and you are going to make me pay to sign up for that streaming service, there should be no commercials. The entire premise of there being commercials during sports broadcasts is The commercials exist so you and I can watch them for free, okay? On Netflix, I think I didn't know if I mentioned it. Of course, we have Netflix in the Travis household. If you pay the normal rate, there are no commercials. Peacock, Paramount. You can pay less and they will put the commercials in. But if you pay the normal rack rate, you are paying to not have commercial breaks. You just get to watch your programs. We got to fight this and we got to fight it now. If you want to put games on Peacock or Paramount or Amazon or anywhere else, in my opinion, those should all be commercial free. Now, I'm not saying you can't do reads and say, hey, watch this or put up ads that run in between commercial breaks, you know, like they usually do, right? The reads that you would have an announcer make, I'm fine with there being ads that run during the game, like this part of the game brought to you by, I don't know, Snickers, right? Like they do during soccer matches. I'm totally fine with all of that. But you cannot expect for me to pay the rack rate of what your streaming service is and have to sit through all the commercials. And a lot of sports fans aren't making this connection because the game just looks similar But we have to draw a line in the sand, a line in the snow, and say, no, this is unacceptable. And I think, honestly, there's going to be lawsuits. Let me go ahead and give you a prediction. In the years ahead, as they start to put these games on streaming services, particularly like the ESPNs of the world, I think a lot of people are going to say, wait a minute, hold on. You're telling me that I already pay for a cable service and now I'm going to have to pay more for those games to be streamed, you're going to charge me additional dollars? Unacceptable. No commercials. If you're going to make me pay, at least the game can last two hours instead of three hours. This is a big deal to me and I think the precedent is important and fans need to line up and fight against this. If the way to make money is they're going to charge you effectively pay-per-view, there shouldn't be commercials. Shouldn't be commercials during the broadcast period. Now, it's a little bit complicated because if you lived in Kansas City or Miami, you got to watch this game on local television, and I understand that can bring some challenges, but the general proposition here needs to be no commercial breaks at all if we are having to pay as much for these games as we actually are. All right, that is my analysis of the four wild card games. I'll be watching the two wild card games, like a lot of you. I'm going to be watching the NFL today, this afternoon into the evening, while also I'll be watching Fox News for the election results to come in, starting about 10 o'clock Eastern tonight. My prediction: Trump one, DeSantis two, Nikki Haley three, Vivek four. I think all four of these candidates will get 10% or more of the vote. I think Trump will come in a little bit under 50. I think Trump will be around 48. I think DeSantis will be around 22 or 3. I think that Nikki Haley will be around 18 or 19. And I think Vivek will be around 10 or 11. You guys can tell me how I did on the math there. I think that is roughly where we're going to end up, okay, within a few points of, of, of how I just broke that down. Um, and I think that everybody is going to be lined up to go on into New Hampshire in eight days. Uh, I think Trump has a very good chance of winning both Iowa and New Hampshire. I can't wait to see actual voters, again, encourage everyone in Iowa to get out and have your voice heard. Because we've been talking for the last year, basically, about all the different polls that are out there. None of them will matter starting tonight. It's like when a game starts, the line doesn't matter. Predictions don't matter. All the talk doesn't matter. What matters is happens actually between the lines. That's my prediction, though, of how things are going to go. I think Vivek is coming up a little bit. Why do I think Vivek is coming up a little bit? Because Trump started to attack him. Um, I think that Nikki Haley is going to be really set up well in New Hampshire. Part of the question is going to be how many Democrats flip over and end up supporting her tonight. Uh, But this is an exciting night. Double wildcard games. Craziness here. As I'm speaking to you, the snow's still coming down. I'm going to go downstairs and try to keep my kids from all going crazy because they got a snow day tomorrow. It's probably going to be a late night in the Travis household. I'm not going to be able to get anybody to sleep. We're going to be watching all these games. Uh, but we appreciate all of you. Be back tomorrow, breaking down all of this again. I'm on the Bills in the under. I am on the Bucks and the under. We need some wins after an 0-4 weekend. Prizepicks.com/slash Clay Positive. If Josh Allen throws for under our number, we'll get a 10 to 1 payout there. Gave that out on Clay and Buck. I appreciate all of you. Uh, going to be a lot of fun to see how this number comes out. Tomorrow, we'll analyze Iowa. We'll analyze all of the results that came out. Let me just remind you, Fannie Willis came out and spoke at an Atlanta church and said she's not perfect. This is a big story. I think the entire Atlanta criminal prosecution of Donald Trump is collapsing. Fannie Willis tried to play the race angle. She said, oh, the only reason people are paying attention to this is because I'm a black woman and the guy I hired is a black man. BS. Nobody cared about the race here at all. The allegation is that you paid $650,000 to your lover and broke up his marriage. This would be a big story whether you're white, black, Asian, or Hispanic. If you employ your lover and pay him $650,000 in taxpayer money. I'm sorry. This is a big story. No matter what your race is, no matter what your political party is, uh, I believe this is ultimately going to lead to the collapse of the Georgia investigation, and I think there may be criminal charges that end up being brought against Fannie Willis and other members of her investigatory team all right and by the way this could be the thread that unspools and reveals all of the collusion that's been going on in the Biden White House surrounding uh, their attempt uh, to uh, to try to put Donald Trump in prison and or remove him from the ballot the argument that they weren't involved is one of the biggest lies I can possibly imagine. Of course, Biden is involved. It's a, you have to be an absolute imbecile to believe that he's not. All right, can't wait for the Iowa results. Can't wait for Bill Steelers as well as Eagles Bucks. I am Clay Travis. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, this has been Out Outkick the Show. I will see you guys tomorrow, breaking down the rest of Wild Card Weekend and the Iowa caucuses. If you're in Iowa right now, I know it's frigid. I know it's going to be a freezing absolutely cold night. Get out, make your voice heard, cast your vote. I will see you guys tomorrow.